Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I'm Katie Nordby. And I'm Janelle Feller. These are the stories of Daylin Pua and Daniel Naylor. Daylan Pua was 18 years old in 2015. He was a senior at a Hawaiian immersion school. In February, he was visiting his grandma in Waianae, Oahu. The town of Waianae has a population of roughly 13,000. Daylan had talked about hiking the Haiku Stairs, also known as the Stairway to Heaven. It is one of the most dangerous trails in Hawaii. In 2015, the stairs were off limits to the public. Anyone caught on the stairs could face a fine and be arrested. The Stairway to Heaven has 3,922 stairs that lead 2,000 feet up a mountain with only handrails on either side of the 18-inch wide stairs. The stairs were originally built in 1942 by the U.S. Navy as a top-secret facility that was used to transmit radio signals to Navy ships in the Pacific Ocean. The naval base was decommissioned in the 50s, and the stairs have been closed to the public since the 80s. On Friday, February 27, 2015, Daylan told his, his grandma that he was going to hike the stairs. She didn't think he would actually do it since they talked about it being off limits, but Daylan left his grandma's house that morning and was seen boarding a bus that would take him to the trail. According to Daylan's social media accounts, he made it to the trail that led to the stairs. He had shared several photos of himself on the trail. Daylan hasn't been seen since. The search for Daylan started right away. The fire department, local volunteers, drone operators, and even the U.S. Navy were searching on land and by air. The Monday after he vanished, two hikers reported hearing cries for help near the Kulau Ridge. The search continued into Tuesday, but when no sign of Daylan was found, the search was suspended. The family poured over the last photos that he sent while on the trail, Volunteers searched the areas in the photos. Upon closer inspection, one of the photos, which was a selfie that Daylin sent, shows a man crouched down, half-hidden by some brush behind Daylin. It appears the man was following him. And it probably means that he didn't know that that person was there. He didn't. Because he took a selfie, so the person was behind him. Right. You know, he wasn't facing that Person. Right, and unless he looked at the photo carefully, that just gives me the creeps. Yeah, so I'm going to put that photo on our website oh, so you good. can actually see it. It's very difficult to spot if you don't know what you're looking for, okay. but once you see it, it is absolutely a man crouched down behind some brush. Really? Yeah. The family and authorities were asking for that man to come forward as he may have information about what happened to Daylin. The man has never been identified, and Daylan is still missing. It is presumed that he got lost and perished during his hike, but his body has never been found. And the photo of the man behind him makes it even more of a mystery. But he was he was climbing these stairs. He was. They went straight up. They went straight up, and it's not clear. So some articles said that the photos that he sent were of him on the stairs specifically, 
other articles said that he shared photos of him on the trail to the stairs. So I'm not familiar with how that, you know, how long the trail is to get to the stairs. If it's just, if that's what it is, right? I'm not really sure. Or if there's a trail, the trail to the stairs is long, or, right? Or what? Where? Right. What? Okay. Because okay. the photo of the man, it it doesn't look like they're on stairs. Okay. Um, it looks like they're just in in the woods somewhere. Right. So right. I'm not I'm so not maybe, really sure. Maybe what getting the to the stairs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he must have been spotted somewhere in the second photograph, at least, for them to kind of say that he was following them, that right. the man was following him. Right. Delen Pua was 18 years old when he vanished from the Stairway to Heaven in Waianae, Oahu, in 2015. He is described as Pacific Islander, 5'7", and 150 pounds. He has brown hair and brown eyes. He was last seen wearing a white, long-sleeved shirt, black surf shorts, slippers, and a red backpack. He may go by his middle name, Moke. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Daylen Pua, please call the Honolulu Police Department at 808-529-3111. When they say slippers, do they mean flip-flops? I'm not really sure. I, I can't imagine he was wearing like house slippers. Um, it but must maybe just be a different... the maybe the Adidas brand where you just slip your foot in like slides or something. Yeah, yeah. That maybe it's just called something a little yeah. bit different. Yeah. Okay. Because I I don't know, but eighteen inch wide stairs that are a little tre- are that are treacherous that that are treacherous. Right. I I just can't doesn't seem like um the choice that you'd be making, but right. Did it indicate if he had done this before? If he'd gone up this? Not that I'm aware of. So from what I read. He was just visiting his grandma. That's, he wasn't from Oahu. Okay. Um, originally, he was there on like a school break or something. Okay. Um, so as far as I can tell, this wasn't something that he had done before. Okay. And since it was off limits, I mean, what does that mean? I suppose people probably still do it, but um, I, I don't. think that's. I think that especially locals. Yeah. It sometimes it's, you know, it's it's something that that locals might do because they're familiar with where to find sure. it or or um, where to go or how to get there. Yeah. And, um, but it's just, it's, um, yeah. And oftentimes, if it's off limits, then it's actually more attractive. Right. Right. More appealing. Especially if you're, he was 18 years old. Yeah. Yeah. It's just such a weird, it's just, it's just such a creepy story. Uh, You know, when I, when I first... Um, read about him there wasn't a whole lot Um, but because of that picture it just makes it even more I feel urgent and more mysterious Mm -hmm. that we figure out what happened to him because something wasn't right right if there's a predator yeah again without a body there is no crime right and that means that that a predator is able to continue to live their life among us right. that's upsetting yeah that's very upsetting mm-hmm. um and the longer that body can hit, be hidden the more likely that the predator will remain uh, unsuspected right right so this was in 2015 um early on if they would have used a heat sensing um Drones or anything like that, which maybe they weren't 
A level in 2015. No. Uh, but um, because I'm I'm sure that that it's a it's Hawaii, it's lush, dense forest. Yeah. And um, that you wouldn't see anything in a helicopter, or you wouldn't, you know. And I think that that's probably why they called the search off so quickly because he went missing on a Friday. They called the search on Tuesday. Okay. Because it was probably very difficult terrain, difficult to see from above. Even when you're walking it, uh, yeah. you probably wouldn't see very deep. Right, right. Um, I mean, we're just in northern Minnesota, and I wouldn't... It's not... I wouldn't say it's... In the middle of summer, it's lush. Yeah. Um, and it, it's hard to see very deep mm -hmm. into uh, forested areas. Right. And this would have been forested throughout. Yeah. So, well, that gives me the creeps. That'll give me nightmares. Sorry. <laughs> In 1982, 14-year-old Daniel Naylor was living in Fremont, California. He was a freshman at American High School. Fremont is located on the south of the East Bay region of the San Francisco Bay Area. Fremont has a growing population of around 240,000. On October 5, 1982, Daniel rode his bike away from his home in anger after his father and he had had an argument that had turned physical. This wasn't unusual for Daniel. When he would get into arguments with his family, he would ride his bike down to his friend's house until things cooled off, but he would always return home. This time was different. Daniel didn't return home, and he hasn't been seen or heard from since. His father was the only one there when Daniel left. Daniel was reported missing 10 to 12 hours after he left home. A search of the neighborhood turned up his bike near Brush on the Alameda Creek Trail, just a short distance from his home. Daniel was nowhere to be found. According to police, the family reported that Daniel must have returned home a month later when no one was home. His baseball card collection, some clothes, and $50 were taken from his bedroom. The family also said that they had found a message fashioned from Scrabble tiles that spelled out, quote, new life, unquote. The assumption was that it was Daniel who took those items from the house, but there is no evidence, evidence or witnesses to verify that. I just want to say that that's not a very, um, that the parents could, could state what was missing specifically yeah. is suspicious. Yeah. I don't know. He was a 14-year-old teenage boy. Yeah. You have a boy about that age. Could you, would you know if there was something missing from his bedroom? Not unless it was something very specific that he used or played with, you know, every day or something. Right. I, would you know if no. there's 50, do you know where he keeps his money? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. My point is, exactly, yeah. mm -hmm. that, that the baseball card collection, some clothes, and $50 were taken from his bedroom. Right. It just seems suspicious. Daniel's case then went cold. In 2015, authorities in Folsom, California, about two hours away from Fremont, found a man that matched the age-progressed photo of Daniel, who would have been 44 that year. Unfortunately, DNA proved it was not Daniel but it triggered the Fremont police to reopen Daniel's case. In 2016, 33 years after he disappeared, detectives were then calling his disappearance suspicious rather than a runaway. Because of inconsistencies in statements made over the years, it led the authorities to execute a search warrant of the Naylor backyard. Daniel's parents had moved out of the home, but his aunt was still living there at the time. Cadaver dogs indicated a scent in the yard that led authorities to dig up a portion of it, they still have not said if anything was found in that search. Daniel Naylor is still missing under suspicious circumstances. 
Authorities believe that he was met with foul play, and it is very unusual for a runaway to be missing for decades without contacting anyone. There have been no suspects named in connection to this case, and authorities say no theories have been ruled out. Daniel Naylor would be 52 years old this year. He is described as Caucasian, 5'9 and 140 pounds. He has brown hair and blue eyes. He was last seen wearing a gray t-shirt, red shorts, and high-top sneakers. He had braces on his teeth at the time of his disappearance. If you have any information about the disappearance of Daniel Naylor, please call the Fremont Police Department at 510-790-6722. This, this case just upsets me because, you know, it, whether this is true or not, it was reported that he was upset when he left. And the dad would have had to report that he was the one there. Right. And then if something happened to him, you know, it just, it just makes me sad. It just makes me really sad that this 14-year-old boy left in anger, if that's what happened, and then he was met with some sort of foul play. Well, if, Again, if that's what happened. Right. If that's what happened, right. then you would have a father that... Um, a father that would never be able to forgive himself. Right, right. A mother that may never be able to forgive the father. Yeah. Um, there was a sister in there somewhere. I'm not sure if she was older or younger than, than Daniel. But still, that can be some alienation in the, within the family because right. of that, which I think is not unusual if there's a, there's a tragedy in the family. Right. It can often have... Mm -hmm. it, can, it makes the, any, any seams that are weak... Uh, right. even looser yeah. and um it'd be interesting to know what their inconsistencies were was it statements from the family that were inconsistent over the years from neighbors that were inconsistent over the years like what what was it that then triggered them to say wait a minute something's not right here we should look more into this house and this yard and well obviously there wasn't anything of any significance or they would have Right. would have acted on it. Right. And I think that a cadaver dog, I, I mean, I don't know if a cadaver dog is is trained to only pick up the scent of human cadavers. I would, I mean, a human cadaver. I think so, but I'm not positive. Um, I don't know what they would call, as opposed to a dead animal. Right, right. Uh, and, and do they em emit, emote a, a different smell? I don't know. Right. And, but... The part that is the part that that causes me to question. First of all, he was a fourteen-year-old boy. He had been angry before. This is right. not something unusual that mm -hmm. he had done. He got angry and he rode off on his bike. Yeah, that's not unusual. Mm -hmm. It had to be reported by the dad that he rode off in anger. Right. The bike was not too far away from the house. Mm -hmm. Um. Which. I mean. I, uh, if I was angry, boy, I'd be I'd be riding hard and fast, and yeah. I'd be getting I would, I would get I would get to my friend's house, mm -hmm. or I would, because I, I would be that's how I would release some of the energy. Right. Be. So I wouldn't have just stopped nearby. Well, and it, that would have been unusual for him to go to this trail. Right. He would normally go to a friend's house. Right. And, um, it, though it was close, mm -hmm. being a convenient place. For someone to have dropped the bike off at right. to um, throw off throw off interest mm -hmm. and um, 
it, I think it's strange that, that they knew what specifically was missing from his bedroom. Um, just being a 14-year-old boy, I just, I mean... I don't even know what's in my child's bedroom. There could be ants. <laughs> Unknown. I mean, they're, I mean, it's not... They're not the most organized. They're not the most clean. You know, it's no. just... No, because they're 14-year-old well, boys. And, and they could be like hoarders, you know, keeping little every bit. little thing and... I mean, I wouldn't, and unless it was something very specific, and maybe baseball cards were very specific. Maybe had a very large collection of them, but maybe the $50, they were older that were always always yeah. right on the on the thing. But like some of his clothing and personal belongings in the fifty dollars, it's it's very specific. Yeah, and it's it's um, it also were things. I mean, fifty dollars, uh, uh, cards, but uh, you know, baseball cards. They also had some value. Right. And well, it just and it just seems odd that if Daniel ran away, why would he return a month later just to take that? Like, why would right when he was fifteen years old, no skills, no abilities, yeah, didn't have a job, didn't have it. He had fifty bucks yeah. that he and there's just I, I'm sorry, but a fourteen year old boy would miss his mom. Yeah, the whole thing just seems seems. Kind of strange. It yep. just seems kind of fishy. Yep, it does. Just because of the age and the story. Because he's so young. And also, um, and you know, the dad was the last one to see him. Yeah. Was it an accident? Things get out of hand? Mm-hmm. He wasn't a big kid. No. He, was, he wasn't a big kid. Um, so, and I think that just like mothers and daughters, fathers and sons mm-hmm. can really not only they they were predisposed to know where the buttons are and yeah. and how to push them like a power struggle or something well you know I, testosterone. I just I, I think that it can get it can just really irritate the crap out of each other yeah. and and something happens mm-hmm. but well and especially because it said you know this wasn't necessarily unusual that they got into fights they got into arguments which, with a teenager, you know, I mean, it's not unusual to have disagreements, and with a teenager, you right. know, they're, they're, those years are, they're difficult, but this wasn't unusual, and it made, it made a point of saying that, that this wasn't unusual for him to do this, and so you just have to wonder, what else was Was it on? a violent household? Well, yeah, was it, I don't know, it just, it just makes you, there's more questions than mm-hmm. there are answers. And I, I, I guess, uh, you know, and because, uh, because physical, physical altercations with his dad happened, mm-hmm. they had happened before, right. that he would run away this time. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, there's, it's, there's, it's suspicious to me. Yeah. Well, and at that same time, I mean, just as you said that, if these, if this has happened before, maybe it wouldn't be unheard of for a teenager to run away. You know, if, if there was some other things going on in their household, if it was violent, if it, you know, I guess that wouldn't be unusual, taken, I right, suppose. Right, you but know, he would have taken the 50 bucks. Well, he and he would have planned it. He would have planned it, yeah. Or he would have come he back, or he would have, he yeah. would have, because in, in 1982, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, you know, 50 bucks is a lot of money. Right, right. And he would have had a hard time without that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah.
And the statement that um, authorities believe that he was met with foul play because it's very unusual for a runaway to be missing for decades without having any sort of contact with anyone. And that's that's really interesting. I never thought yeah. of it that way. Yeah, when he was a 14-year-old boy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe not all 14-year-old boys still need their parents, but it just, he was met with, he was probably met with foul play and at the hands of whom? Right. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with information and articles used for these cases, can be found on our website at gone-podcast.com. My distraction for this week are tweets from parents who manage to find humor in their kids' tantrums. Well, that's a very health, helpful, yeah. helpful skill. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. That's probably true. <laughs> Join them in their tantrum. <laughs> right. My toddler was having a massive tantrum until she found a grape on the floor. She ate it and forgot why she was crying. She was crying because she doesn't like grapes. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. They don't. They don't make any sense. I, maybe the toddlers are grapes. Are grapes. Both. Okay. Last night, my three-year-old kicked me, kicked me during a tantrum. As I tucked him in bed later, he apologized. I'll never kick you again, he said, pulling me in closer and kissing my cheek. Just do exactly what I tell you, and I'll never have to kick you again. My son is a mobster. He is! <laughs> Pulling me in closer. <laughs> Whispering in my ear. In a sweet little voice. Just do as I say. <laughs> She's not going to sleep ever again. <laughs> my toddler's tantrum over the door being open was only surpassed by his tantrum over the door being closed. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Tantrum is a horrible word, yet it contains the solution on how to handle one right in the last three letters. <laughs> <laughs> My two-year-old threw a tantrum, threw a temper tantrum because she wanted she wants to eat cereal, but both of her hands are full of stuffed animals. The struggle is real. Honestly. <laughs> and it could be a full-blown. Yep. Full-blown tantrum. <laughs> Tonight's tantrum was brought to you by me putting four pancakes on a child's plate when she clearly couldn't eat four pancakes, and four pancakes take up too much room on the plate, so she took two pancakes off and then ate all four pancakes anyway. Oh my god, I hate parenthood sometimes. <laughs> uh, tonight's tantrum was brought to you by, that's the right way to put it. <laughs> You know, it starts early. It does. It, it does. really does. My three-year-old just had a tantrum about the cheese on his pizza being too melted. So apparently his dream is to be my least favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> and so far, he's winning. 
In case you were on the fence about having kids, my three-year-old threw a temper tantrum because her tongue is pink. Yeah. The, the, there's no rational thinking whatsoever. There are three. <laughs> yeah. My four-year-old is having a tantrum because his dinner isn't freshly baked cookies. Well, you know what? I can relate. I, I mean, I think it's justified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If your two-year-old asks for the red cup because you're sure she wants the pink cup and you check with her ten times and she says definitely red, so you give her a red cup, then she has a meltdown because she wants pink. How much wine can you drink before midday? <laughs> whatever that pink cup will hold. <laughs> <laughs> the pink and the red cups. <laughs> right. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, the bottle. <laughs> My daughter threw a tantrum because she felt it was too early to be spoken to. And it really is a miracle that we create little versions of ourselves. Honestly. <laughs> you know, some days, it's before 11. Right. Tonight's, bath, tonight's bathtub tantrum was brought to you by butter. Because you can, you can play with lots of things in the bathtub, but not butter. No. Mm -mm. It, it, it defeats the purpose. It defeats the purpose. Butter in your hair. Oh. A buttered up baby. Oh, that's not good. Yuck. My kid having a meltdown 30 seconds before we have to be somewhere is the only constant in this world. <laughs> yes. Yes. Today's tantrum is brought to you by the fact that I dared to give my daughter Anna's braids when she clearly wanted Elsa's. Oh. They're different. Oh. They are? Yeah. I didn't even know they had braids. Yeah, uh, I think Anna's are on either side of her head, and Elsa's is the long off one. Off the side? I think so, yeah. Oh. Well... Know the difference. Know the difference, Mom. This is the last one. My toddler is throwing a temper tantrum because she both wants and doesn't want to sit in her high chair. You know? It can change at any moment. <laughs> and you, you should just get used to it, first of all. <laughs> right. And also, it means it's mealtime. Yes. And uh, she's probably hangry. <laughs> probably. Probably. And. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not really her fault. <laughs> it's not. It's not. I mean, my fault. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Whatever. So today, my my distraction is weird college majors. Oh, okay. So you can get a you can get a degree in uh, let me see in the in a PhD in the science of decision. Oh, you can earn fifty three to thousand to one hundred and twenty two thousand. The quantitative, the quantitative methods of making a decision. Wow. Or you could get a degree in ethical hacking. Ew. Uh, it's a bachelor's degree, and you start out, the average pay is around $95,000. Ethical hacking. So would that be like security you could reasons? Call it that. <laughs> <laughs> ethical hacking? Yeah, Maybe. I like that. Uh, how about adventure education? Hmm. Um, the pay is a little mean? less, 21000 to 92000 It's a bachelor's degree from Plymouth State University. So um, outdoor outdoor education, oh, recreational okay. education, sure. um, running hmm. an outdoor program. Oh, well, that would be interested. interesting. But, but what, maybe one not. place, Plymouth <laughs> State University. Yeah. You could be a... My... Um, penmanship is poor. Hmm. Uh, you could be a cannabis, or maybe I've been 
partaking. <laughs> my, you could be a cannabis cultivator. Oh. And average salary is $104,000. So a bachelor's degree in organic chemistry. Oh, well, I suppose that makes sense. But you got to get through the degree. <laughs> right. <laughs> you could be a psychic. They earn between forty dollars and $60,000. Um, uh, the course is offered at the College of Psychic Studies. Hmm. But if you're psychic, do you really need to go to college? Well, that defeats the purpose. I think so. I think some college is just in it for the money. Well, and if you're really good... You don't need a course. You don't, yeah. (laughs) Well, and if you were psychic, you'd already know it. You already know. How about about, uh, theme park technologies? Hmm. Uh, Earning $45,000 to $80,000, a bachelor's degree in engineering. Thank God it's engineering. Thank goodness. Jeez. That'd be kind of interesting, though. It would be. That'd be fun. Designing theme parks? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be great fun. As long as nobody dies. Right. But they won't because you're an engineer. Engineer. Right. Right. You could go into astrobiology, 49000 to 140000 Uh, You need a graduate-level degree, and you could be a scientist, an educator, or a researcher. Hmm. You could go into digital mapping. Um... You need a master's degree, and they pay between twenty-four and thirty-six thousand dollars. I just think that's a terrible idea because your degree is going to cost so much, yeah. and you're not making very much. Lupta. An engine, uh, sorry, an auctioneer oh, would make forty-six thousand dollars a year average. Wow! With a bachelor's degree, you can get a degree in auctioneering. I didn't know that. I thought you had to really just go fast, and that's all you had to do, and you had to know numbers, and you got to be able to pay attention to what people were saying and doing, and that's it. I didn't. Know. I thought that that was like genetic or something. An I thought that it was like thing. a long line of auctioneers. Like you had to come from an auctioneer to it's be so an auctioneer. You apprenti- so you apprentice with a, you have to, that you're just born into it. I think so. that's what I thought. Well, I know people. Have who you have ever? Become, yes. I know two. A, a first generation yes. auctioneer. Really? Yes. Eric Strand. Oh, interesting. Does he do the talking like that? And he can do the talking like that because he's in mm-hmm. one and two and three and and sure. and, 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 and you got to be able to watch. Because the things in between actually are supposed to mean something. They and they're do. Not just blah, they blah, do. Blah. And they're personal. It's a personal. Yes. And I think I, I think it's a certificate. I don't know that it's a degree. I think it's a certificate. Sure. Um, interesting. His brother-in-law, um, Mr. Tweet, is also an auctioneer. Oh, okay. So sure. Um, but I, I'd hmm. be curious to find out. But it yeah. is, yeah, so you don't have to be born into it. Oh, well, now I know. Just telling you. Options. You could go into psychometrics, hmm. um, which is the understanding of test results. Hmm. $82,000 is the average annual pay. You have to have a master's degree. Like medical test results? Understanding test results, psychometrics. So understanding test results in any test. Sure. So. Oh, like why, how it got to this point. How, it, how we got these results, basically, for anything. Or what the test results mean. Oh, okay. So. That'd be interesting. It, 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 it maybe. <laughs> I mean, it kind of hurts my brain to think about it. Well, it be interesting. I can't even spell it. So, it, <laughs> but I, I think it would be, but it's the, it's the science, you know, it, uh, I think that it's, it's not, it's, I'm not sure if it's what the test says, but it's, it's what the results of the test mean. Sure. So hmm. it's interesting. Interesting. Um, you could become a bagpiper. Um, oh. You need a bachelor's degree in music with a specialty in bagpiping. And they get paid $200 an hour. Wow. Unless you're bad at it, then they get paid <laughs> a lot less. <laughs> and they have th- shoes thrown at them. Uh, sure. Because, you Their know. bags get popped. 
the banks <laughs> because uh, you know we we live we live in northern Minnesota. We have a lot of bagpipers, and I mean, people take their bagpiping really seriously. Well, and where we live, we can hear it from Canada yeah. in the summertime. You and can hear beautiful. a Canadian playing. Oh, yeah. uh, there's a Canadian that would live somewhere, so that I would I would hear it almost sure. every single night. And uh, but they were a good bagpiper. Yeah, but. You have to can't you can't be you're not born good at it. No, no, mm-hmm. you're you, a bad bagpiper. Mm-hmm. You don't see many of them because <laughs> I don't think they live long. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know either. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was a college degree though. Well, it's it's a it's a specialty sure in, mu- in music. So you could you could go into turf grass science. Mm. Okay. Uh, they only earn $35,000 a year. I think you should go someplace else. Yeah. Like the bakery. Like bakery science. Oh. They earn $46,000, and they it's a bachelor's degree from Kansas State University. Hmm. I mean, you make it. Right. You eat it. Uh, yeah. It's joy. Right. Perfect joy. Or you could get a degree in the Beatles. Oh. Not Beatles like... Bugs. Hey, bugs. No, Beatles like the musicians. Oh. Uh, it's a bachelor's degree... And they earn an average of $36,000. $36,800. Just to know everything about them? So that you can be like a Beatles specialist? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not. I, I, no I feel like you could probably do that for free. Like well, you probably don't need a college to tell you everything. I mean, you could probably find out most of the information online. Yeah. You probably don't need to go to college for that. Well, I mean, you could probably do the same for a science a degree, uh, science of poultry. Oh. They make a lot more money. Hmm. Closer to $60,000. Oh. With a bachelor's degree in science. Wow. So, because, who doesn't like chicken? Well, vegetarians, but... Vegetarians, but... <laughs> they're not listening to this. <laughs> they're not listening to this, because no vegetarians are allowed. <laughs> um, you could get a degree in the bowling industry. Huh. It's a bachelor's degree, and you would earn around $45,000. Would that person be good at bowling, or would that person know everything about bowling? No, just like a coach, they don't necessarily. Oh, they okay. Don't, they don't necessarily. They're not necessarily good at. They bowling. know the scoring and the rules and the. Right. Okay. And they sure. could teach own a bowling alley. <laughs> I don't know. You could get a degree in citrus. Oh. It's a bachelor's degree, and you would earn around forty-three thousand dollars. Huh. Uh, Canadian studies. We. I already know. We don't. Well, if you had a degree okay, in Canadian studies, where is that? You could earn between fifty-three thousand and eighty-seven thousand dollars by getting a job at a Canadian embassy. It's oh. a Bachelor of Arts degree. But who offers that? Who offers that program? Like Florida State University or something? <laughs> well, I would say that you can get a degree in feminine studies, or it wouldn't have to be. Right. I mean, ideally, it would be in Canada. Or. In the upper Midwest, where it snows and it's cold, also. Uh, what? Does it make you understand the Canadians more? Well. It doesn't, it's not. It's, there's temperate areas. Well. Ish. Temperate ish. <laughs> Kinda, maybe. I feel like I know a lot about Canadians. Well, you're not. You, If you had a degree in it, you could be earning a lot more money. Well. So I'm just saying, get on out. it. I'll have to peace out. Oh crap! I meant, I meant, but it's you need to have a master's degree in math, math. It's just that's very interesting. Hmm. So, so, do other countries have to have that degree to be a 
that's very interesting. To work at the Canadian embassies, you have to have a degree in that. So to work at an American embassies, do you have to have a certain... That's just interesting. So I, I don't know the answer to that. Mm. And I don't know if... So like I think that as an American, I wouldn't be hired as a uh, to be a, a, a Canadian ambassador. Right. Sure. Um, maybe... To work at the Canadian Embassy, I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know the answer. To That's that. interesting, but hmm. there's embassies all over the world, right? And right, so and, and and maybe more than one. I don't know. Sure, you could get a degree in surf studies, hmm. not S E R F, but S U R F. Sure, not in the fonts, but in the sorry. <laughs> That's a bad joke. Uh, they earn $42,000 a year. They, it's a Bachelor's of Science degree. Um, you could be a, a, a surf instructor. Uh, you could run a surf school. You could surf. That'd be cool. I would say that if you're surfing a lot, though, you're not actually making $42,000 a year. Right. You could get a degree in enology. E-N-O-L-O-G-Y. The study of growing grapes and winemaking. Mm. $50,000 a year, uh, um, but you would need to have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree. Wow. $50,000 a year, and you get to taste test wine. Mm. Not so bad. I mean, I'd be okay with that. Is, you marry, the, you marry the, the, uh, um, the, the person with the bakery science degree, and you got it made. Right. In the shade. <laughs> right. And then... You know, related to the bagpiper degree. Right. Uh, on your turf grass, and <laughs> life is good. Uh, those were good. Those were good. Yeah. Interesting.